Welcome to the Practical Employment Law Podcast, a podcast covering all aspects of American employment law. I'm your host, Mark Chumley. Big news from the world of employment law. OSHA has issued its long-awaited emergency temporary standard requiring mandatory COVID vaccines or weekly testing for employers with over 100 employees. OSHA's rule is effective November 5, 2021. The ETS, Emergency Temporary Standard, requires that covered employers begin complying by December 5, 2021, other than the testing component, and sets a deadline to begin testing employees who are not fully vaccinated by January 4, 2022. The rule and related materials, including some frequently asked questions and policy templates, are linked in the show notes. Now, in this episode, I will cover the basics of the emergency temporary standard, but employers should bear in mind that despite having a short time frame for compliance, the emergency temporary standard will be subject to immediate legal challenges. Now, this combination of urgency and uncertainty means that covered employers should make planning their approach to the ETS a very high priority. So let's jump right in. I'm going to do this in question and answer format. So let's start with what employers are covered. Employers with 100 or more employees are covered based on OSHA's conclusion that such employers will have, quote, sufficient administrative systems in place to comply quickly with the ETS, end quote. Now, this total employee count includes part-time, full-time, temporary, as long as they're employed by the employer directly, and seasonal employees across an entire company, regardless of how many work in a single location. Temporary employees employed by a staffing agency and independent contractors do not count toward the 100-employee total. All employees count regardless of their current vaccination status. Now, the rule issued by OSHA includes some examples to help employers determine if they are covered, and I'll, I'll uh, mention just a couple of them here. Uh, first, if an employer has 75 part-time employees and 25 full-time employees, the employer would be within the scope of the ETS because it has 100 employees. If the employer has 150 employees, 100 of whom work from their homes full-time and 50 of whom work in an office at least part of the time, the employee would be covered because it has more than 100 employees. If an employer has 102 employees and only three ever report to an office location, the employer is covered. If a single corporation has 50 small locations with at least 100 total employees in its combined location, the employer would be covered even if some of the locations have no more than one or two employees assigned to work there. So you get the idea. Basically, the total is 100 employees, really, no matter how you count it, part-time, full-time, whatever, as long as you add up to 100, not counting independent contractors and temps from a staffing agency, you're going to be covered by the ETS. Question, what if employee numbers fluctuate above and below 100 employees? If employers have fluctuating employee numbers, the determination of whether an employer is covered is based on the number of employees as of the effective date of the ETS, which is November 5, 2021. If the employer has over 100 employees on the effective date, the ETS applies for the duration of the standard. If the employer has fewer than 100 employees on the effective date, they are not covered. 
but if they subsequently hit the 100 threshold, the employer is covered and must comply for the duration of the standard, even if the numbers subsequently decrease below 100 employees. Question, and I would put this particular question in my own frequently asked category, how should the companies count the employees of their related entities? And the answer is, two or more related entities may be regarded as a single employer for OSHA purposes if they handle safety matters as one company. In that case, employees of all entities making up the integrated single employer must be counted together. Question, what employees are covered? The ETS covers all employees of a covered employer with a few narrow exceptions. It does not apply to employees who do not report to a workplace where other individuals, such as coworkers or customers, are present. It does not apply to employees while they are working from home. And it does not apply to employees who work exclusively outdoors. With regard to working from home, employees who split time between the workplace and home are covered when they come to the workplace. The outdoor work exception is pretty narrow as well. In order to qualify, the employee must work outdoors on all days. The employee must not routinely occupy vehicles with other employees as part of work duties. And the employee must work outdoors for the duration of every workday, except for day minimus use of indoor spaces where other individuals may be present, such as a bathroom or an administrative office. Question, what are covered employers required to do by the ETS? Well, to summarize, there are three things. Employers have to adopt a policy, they have to determine vaccination status of employees, and they have to provide paid time off, and I'll talk about each of these separately. First, covered employers must develop, implement, and enforce mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations with an exception for employers that adopt a policy allowing employees who are not fully vaccinated to elect to undergo weekly testing and wear a face covering at work. So there are really two options here. Employers can either impose mandatory vaccinations via their policy, or they can adopt a policy that allows for testing and face masks for employees who do not want to get vaccinated. Now I should also add that employees who cannot get vaccinated because of a medical condition or religious belief, are not required to be vaccinated by the rule, but they would have to comply with the testing and face covering requirement unless some other accommodation is called for. Covered employers are also required to determine the vaccination status of each employee, obtain acceptable proof of vaccination, maintain records of each employee's vaccination status, and maintain a roster of each employee's vaccination status. Now, if employees do not possess their COVID-19 vaccination cards, they should contact their vaccination provider to obtain a new copy or utilize their state health department's immunization information system. Employers also must provide up to four hours of paid time off to allow employees to receive each vaccination dose and paid sick leave to recover from side effects experienced following each dose. Employees cannot be required to use any other accrued leave, such as sick leave or vacation, to offset paid leave required to receive any vaccination doses. However, employers may require employees to use accrued sick leave when recovering from side effects. Next question. What are the requirements for employee testing? 
Employers who elect to allow a testing option must ensure that each employee who is not fully vaccinated is tested for COVID-19 at least weekly, if they're in the workplace at least once a week, or within seven days before returning to work if they're away from the workplace for a week or longer. An acceptable COVID test is one that is cleared, approved, or authorized, including an emergency use authorization by the FDA, administered in accordance with the authorized instructions, and not both self-administered and self-read unless observed by the employer or an authorized telehealth proctor. So what this means is that employees are not permitted to test themselves without any supervision. The ETS also states that employers must require employees to promptly provide notice when they receive a positive test or are diagnosed with COVID, immediately remove any employee from the workplace regardless of vaccination status who received a positive test or is diagnosed with COVID, and keep removed employees out of the workplace until they meet criteria for returning to work. Another question that the ETS answers is who pays for the tests? Employers are not required to pay for any costs associated with testing. However, employer payment for testing may be required by other laws, regulations, or collective bargaining agreements. Also, time spent getting tested by non-exempt employees is compensable. What are the masking requirements for unvaccinated employees? Employers must ensure that each employee who is not fully vaccinated wears a face covering when indoors or when occupying a vehicle with another person for work purposes, except in limited circumstances, for example, when the employee is alone in an office or eating or drinking or something like that. Employers may not prevent employees, regardless of vaccination status, from voluntarily wearing a face covering unless it creates a workplace hazard, such as interfering with the safe operation of equipment. Next question, what must covered employers communicate to their employees? The ETS does impose communication obligations for covered employers, and they must provide the following information to employees. Number one, information about the requirements of the ETS and workplace policies and procedures established to implement the ETS. Number two, the CDC document, key things to know about COVID-19 vaccines. Number three, information about protections against retaliation and discrimination. And number four, information about laws that provide for criminal penalties for knowingly supplying false statements or documentation. Next question, what are the reporting and record-keeping requirements? Employers are required to report work-related COVID-19 fatalities to OSHA within eight hours of learning about them, and work-related COVID-19 inpatient hospitalizations within 24 hours of the employer learning about the hospitalization. Finally, another very frequently asked question, does the OSHA ETS address state laws that prohibit vaccine mandates or otherwise contradict its requirements? Answer, the ETS states that it preempts any state or local requirements that ban or limit an employer from requiring vaccination, face coverings, or testing. Again, I just want to reiterate that this 
ETS will definitely be subject to all sorts of legal challenges. And so this is a fluid situation that employers would be well advised to keep an eye on. And also, as I mentioned earlier, employers would be well advised to start their planning and make a determination about how they intend to respond to the ETS. This has been the Practical Employment Law Podcast. Thanks for listening. Please watch for future episodes wherever you get podcasts. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you would like to contact me about any aspect of the podcast, my email address is mchumley at kmklaw.com, and my full contact information is in the show notes. This podcast was created for general informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or a solicitation to provide legal services. Although we attempt to ensure that the podcast is complete, accurate, and up-to-date, we assume no responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or timeliness. The information in this podcast is not intended to create, and listening to it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. Listeners should not act upon this information without seeking professional legal